0: Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast, bringing you the latest news, general perspective and competitive discussion. Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. Last week, there was some reference to changing the cast, one of which was bringing me onto the cast, Zach, Corporate gave me a call and I had to come in and straighten these competitive guys up. So David, Mike and Kyle, how's it going? You know, I'm not sure if there's any help to this
1: cause. Okay, so you you've been streaming with me for like the past three weeks, and you what you just showed up to our podcast tonight. <laughs>
0: I thought I thought it was open invitation. Once I started streaming with you,
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
0: I don't know how, that's how it works, but you're
2: here. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, welcome. So that is, by the way, Zach Berry. Uh, yeah. For those that. Um, do not know you. Do you want to just talk ever so briefly about yourself and your uh your legion existence?
0: Um, you know, some used to say those the jedith fame, but then Jay on his podcast a while back said that I am now of the 5th Trooper fame. So that's uh where I am and I started on the blog here and uh and now you guys are bringing me on on Scoundrels. Um, you know, I'm in toing uh Invader League right now and you know, with Uh, a lot going on in the world Uh, legion is still thriving with that and uh, i'm happy to see that going on
2: welcome yeah so um this is basically notorious scoundrels season two
1: dude what is this netflix what are you
2: doing hang on what's netflix
1: (laughs) oh Oh, come on kyle
2: (laughs) seriously dude all right all right all right you got to watch disney plus on something right that's true that is true um, Wait,
1: can you, well, hold up. I'm going to ask a real question for a second. Can you watch Netflix on Disney plus or <laughs> Disney plus on Netflix?
2: I don't know. I have a Roku. I have a Roku too. It <laughs> seems like oh, you man. should be able to anyway. Um, obviously I don't have Netflix. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you also
0: don't have, you also don't have Skype too. So I have India Skype. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you and technology is something else.
2: Yeah. It's not that we don't mix. Um, Okay, so yeah, this is uh, we're calling this Notorious Scoundrel Season Two. Basically, um, so for those that are confused, we are part of the Fifth Trooper Network. That has been the case from the start of this podcast. Um, the Fifth Trooper is uh, going to broaden the scope of its cast to talk about other games besides Legion. Um, they're not going to like completely stop talking about Legion or anything, but they're essentially broadening the scope of their cast and moving beyond Legion. So we're going to essentially be like the Legion podcast of the 5th Trooper Network, um, previously a very competitive-focused podcast. Um, we're still going to continue talking about competitive topics, but we're also going to talk about uh, other stuff related to Legion, general news, um, you know, some other formats, uh, stuff like that. So um, we hope that uh, you will enjoy it. And uh, let's dive into housekeeping
3: welcome to in
1: the
2: news uh so uh that new intro which you heard not the in the news drop but the actual music and stuff uh that was brought to you by mike cirillo aka ghost walking uh he mixed that up so thanks to him for that um we also have a new logo which should be previewed by the time you listen to this podcast uh it's going to be on a bunch of new swag um which will be out in various forms, possibly sent to. Uh, we're sort of reformating the Patreon a little bit since um, Fifth Trooper is going to be expanding. You can basically like, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can essentially select whether you want like Legion swag or other stuff. Uh, so if you're one of the Legion swag people, then you you will probably get some Scoundrel swag at some point um, with our new logo on it. So uh, there's also a bunch of new products on the Fifth Trooper. Um, We'll have uh at some point we'll have some three by three mats for uh other games.
1: Uh oh, Three by threes are for this game too,
2: Kyle. That's true. Oh, that's ho. right. <laughs> skirmish format. Yeah. Um but yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be some uh some things that are not conventional ground terrain, let's put it that way. And I'll leave it to I'll leave it to Jay uh to tease the rest of that. But um also, we'll uh, have some new, some more order tokens if you like those Fifth Trooper order tokens. Um, we'll have those up. We'll have uh, new Scoundrel themed tokens and silhouettes, uh, laser cut acrylic. So, um, those are not up yet, but those will be up at some point. And then also on the Fifth Trooper, there's a bunch of STL files and other digital files. It's uh, essentially becoming a marketplace um, for many things, but to include digital files if you want to buy some STL files. So yeah, check that out. Did I miss anything?
0: Uh, no, no. I was just going to say um, <laughs> that the, um, the order tokens uh, are showing up as order on the website. And uh, what happens is in the week of the 29th, which is, I guess this week, uh, Jay will be getting the shipment in of those and then they'll go out. So even if they're not in stock, you can still order them and you're just going to get into the line of when Jay gets those, that product in. And, um, the digital files has been a great thing. I just want to shout out to, to Dan Wolf and uh, a local to me, Eric Kingsley, for giving us some of those files to uh, start that going. It's going to be a exciting exciting little you know store for us to have, I believe.
2: Awesome. Well, speaking of stores, um, there is a online store that's shipping stuff again, and that store would be uh, Asmodee. <laughs> <laughs> so um, FFG Products... We'll be shipping again starting, what June fifth, which is like two weeks from now, ish. Uh
1: yeah, I mean, so today's today's the twenty sixth technically, I guess. It's like twelve um, days. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I actually got uh, pre order, like pre shipping notices for um, Iden Cassian and Vital Assets, uh, and the AAT. So. Those should be, those are supposed to be shipping on June 5th, according to the website. So that's exciting. We're actually getting like new products again. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah
0: um i already have vital assets but uh that's besides the point (laughs) why why did we let him in here (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i sold a little bit of my soul on that one i usually don't buy anything outside of my uh local game store but i was able to get my hands on a copy of it and uh uh, i was kind of happy to i I was like ah it's vital assets i kind of want it uh even though it's been giving me a headache with invader league um But, um, you know, of note on, on FFG's website too, they have uh, stuff still listed for June, July, and August. Um, and surprisingly, on August, there's no releases. So I'm wondering if they're going to start following that that pattern where like they're going to have like two months on and then like a month off and then they're back on um, because they're trying to balance the four factions. Because um, I think June's listed. So June 5th, we know we're getting Ivan Cassian vital assets in the AAT. But they also have listed as the paint sets, Republican Separatists also coming out in June. And then July, the website has ARCs, B-Extroids, Cad Bane, and uh, Dash's favorite Padme. Um, and then August has nothing.
2: And no, then September is
0: uh, Clan Ren, Inferno, Staps, and ATRTs. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's down there as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I wonder if they're going to try and balance like releasing like four things in one month and then taking a month off it's because it's a lot of product and they're trying to do they you know it used to be every month and it was you know the two factions but with four factions it might change everything this
2: could just be because of some of the delays too like it was um i mean late last year they had some delays where there was a couple months without releases and then we got dumped a bunch of stuff in december and january all at once Uh, so i mean who knows right now obviously with with the way things are um logistics might be sort of generally an issue uh can you know going forward but we'll see I'm I'm not I'm not holding my breath for those dates but I'm excited at a minimum that they're shipping stuff again and we'll be getting stuff in
3: June I think the best news out of all this is that if you're a slow painter like me August you could just dedicate to catching up
1: on your giant pile of unpainted miniatures Yo, I have successfully primed three out of four factions.
0: All right, for you, that's that's quite a bit. (laughs) Bravo! Bravo! I
2: I think you're crazy for for playing or having all four factions. That That is, I've I've got
1: so many models on my desk; it's ridiculous.
3: (laughs) Um, I can barely manage like one and a half. I have like half a clone army and my rebels, and that's too
1: much. I've just got. I've got like. Forty core units, <laughs> just like <laughs> hey, hanging out at my desk <laughs> in various stages of disrepair. Oh, it's man. like, uh, yeah, yeah.
2: So, what yeah. have you guys been working on? Hobby, let's uh, let's hit the hobby drop because we do, in fact, have a hobby drop. Get out your brush and paint; it's hobby time.
0: Man,
1: I've see. been priming stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean to be real you were waiting for that can of spray paint to come in for a little while uh as we know because you were telling us and then you finally got it in so i'm glad to see you're getting it put to use so
1: <laughs> yeah i mean so i'm like mostly happy with it but so everybody was out of gw cast black so i got army painter black
0: it's fine it's really shiny it's like super shiny I mean, it's better than uh, what Evan used that one time. What was it? Deck paint? <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm pretty sure he had to buy two new clone sets just because of that spray paint. So. Um, sorry, Evan. Sorry. What, what Did it do just every miniatures
3: it. or something? <laughs> what happened?
0: Yeah. Um, I don't even know. I, I'm pretty sure that the spray paint that he used was just like like black deck paint. And if you took a glass of water and just dumped it on the miniatures, it would just like speckle off the miniature because of the like material it was. It was almost like rubberized, if I'm not mistaken, from listening to the fifth trooper but-
3: Oh, so, like, so like, good luck, right? Like it just wouldn't stick at all. Like nothing would stick to it, not even the paint.
0: No, I'm, it, right? I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure if that even you can even paint over it. To be honest. With you. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, rest in peace.
0: <laughs> yeah. So at least at least Dashes doesn't have that problem. <laughs> uh no.
2: Yeah, I mean the point of primer is so that paint sticks to it, right? Yes. Just, no. Yeah,
3: not paint bounces off it. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so don't don't go to Home Depot and buy
1: buy your primer. <laughs> I mean, I have had that problem a few times with like, uh, what is it, GW's, um, are they resin cast? What yeah, is the fine cast. It? Yeah, the paint is really weird on that stuff.
2: So so I've pro tip, it. if you're painting resin, which actually some, uh, like the, the Obi-Wan Essen model, for example, is the same type of material. Um, you have to let it quote unquote air out for a while. And by that, I mean like multiple days, not like a couple hours. Um, um, and then you got to wash it in soap and water before you actually paint it. Otherwise,
0: the paint will not stick.
2: Oh, so, really? I have yeah. a
0: resin model in my hand that I got. Um, it's a it's a Plo Koon. Um, and I did not know that I needed to wash it. I was going to prime it tomorrow. <laughs> so it's probably good that you brought that up, because I would have messed something up. yeah
2: leave it out somewhere let it air out for a couple days and then like soak it in soap and water and then um brush it with a toothbrush because the it it still has the release agent on it is the reason that paint doesn't stick to it so you basically need to like let the release agent result dissolve and
0: then um wash it off Hmm. yeah well that just saved me a lot probably (laughs) (laughs) i had no idea um yeah wow um you know, bringing up vital assets. I I painted Rune Hako today and uh, or yesterday, I should say, uh, and I'm pretty qu- pretty happy with those results. Um, that's the one thing about vital assets that I was excited about was getting the models to paint because the hostages are actually really cool models. Um, so Rune Hako is the um, Nemodian, the Nemodian, yeah. Um, yeah. Nuke gunrays right hand man. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it was actually pretty fun to paint them. I can't believe it, but. Uh, Anyways, uh, that's what I did so far, and I keep on saying I'm going to paint like every day, and then I don't. So,
3: yeah, they have interesting faces, those Nemoirians. Anyway, you're going to say, Mike. I'm sorry.
0: No, you're good.
1: Um, I was going to say it's interesting that the leaders of the trade federation are only good enough in this game to be classified as hostages.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, stats or anything. They would, have, they would have a they would have a courage value of one. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> would. Yeah, and no
3: combat ability whatsoever. You know, so I'd love to see a unit in the game with a courage value of zero. Like that would be it. kind of interesting. Like, Pan- panic on one
0: suppression. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> that is. But I mean, you, but you could you could motivate them to fight if you were strict orders, right? And you had like you had like a face up on them. You can still motivate them to fight, but only minimally. You
1: know, they're, wouldn't they're they panic, panic always if they were had a courage value of zero? uh i guess
0: yeah i guess technically like, it's over not over added over there, no? <laughs>
1: all right that's so what you do true.
0: what you do is you all give right? them you give them infiltrate so every time they panic they're not panicking off the board but it's going to take them like six moves to get off the board right
1: <laughs> you plan it out so that they perfectly base the key <laughs> position <right>. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> <kind> of <laughs> <laughs> zero times zero times
3: two is still zero so they're always panicked yeah <laughs> you
2: laugh. That's a real tactic. I've seen that used in in competitor games where you expect a unit to panic on the following turn, so you move it such that it panics into your objective. This right, is not right. the
1: competitive section. I, I'm just
2: saying. <laughs> You're joking. I've actually seen that happen. No, I one understand.
3: Forty chests of the panic. <laughs> <laughs> um.
2: Anyway. Uh. Yeah. I've been painting B ones. I have a lot of B ones. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Flashback to four months ago. <clears throat> Kyle, what have you been painting? I've been painting B1's. Be
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not of making course. a lot of progress. It's um it's you know, I'm doing so essentially like I airbrushed them all, you know, I primed them black, then I did the zenithal highlight thing with white, and then I painted like a tan beige color over them. Uh, and then um I did like a wash and a dry brush of Whatever, whatever that GW color is called now—that used to be like flesh wash. It's like a brown wash.
0: Oh, uh um, Fresh
3: flesh shade. Flesh shade, yeah.
2: No, no, uh, maybe Devlin Mud. What is that called now? Agrax Earth shade. That's what. Oh, it's Agrax Earth shade. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. Anyway, it's a brown wash. Throw that over them, and then dry brush them with like lighter, lighter tones of beige, and then white, and then um. You know, so that takes a while when you're doing it 50 times, <laughs> <laughs> and then. Uh, um, and then I'm, you know, painting in the details. Nothing fancy there, just black on the gun. Uh, and then I'm doing like a colored stripe across the shoulders, so that I know which unit, you know, mini by mini, so I know which unit is which. Um, and then throwing some uh, like texture paint on the base uh, to get like a dirt effect, and then essentially just gluing static grass to the top of that and calling it a day. Um, it's like pretty bright green static grass. They look very Naboo-ish. Uh, but yeah all of that um, like individually it doesn't take that long but when you have to do it 50 I mean you know other CIS players can sympathize with me when you have to do it 50 times um, not only does it take a while but it's like you know uh, it's repetitive so
1: I mean you knew what you signed up for it's not like you opened the box and you were like oh my god there's 60 models in here right <laughs> it's like, like it, uh, You know, you got what you paid for
2: yeah you know Having to take seven wounds before you lose a unit has to come with a cost, right? Yeah. yeah. Um,
3: <laughs> the, the price you pay for playing the best faction in the game. <laughs> uh. oh,
2: <man. laughs> we need like a buzzer or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. This is Hobby Talk. Uh, yeah. So I've been painting B1s. This is the short version of my Hobby Talk. I did paint Dooku. So he, he was fun. Actually got to do some blending and, you know. I painted a face, which is something I haven't done in a while. <laughs> <So>.
3: <laughs> You're too busy painting those like beak heads of the v ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah like I painted
2: a- an actual human face.
1: Yeah, um, and those
0: those so little that- heads came in like three pieces. It's all right. Oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> like, why? Why did they have to come in three pieces? Uh, I, I,
0: I
2: think it's because of um, and actually, uh, I think it's I think it's because of like how they do the um, you know the the molds. With the hard plastic, but if they wanted that level of detail on the heads, they had to make make them like that. But it's only two pieces. Come on.
0: Yeah. No. I, uh, yeah okay. I mean, it, it could be worse. I've seen some pictures on Marvel Crisis Protocol, and they have a a door, and then the doorknob is like in two pieces that you have to glue to the door. So not oh. only is it a door, but it's a doorknob being glued, and then a piece to the doorknob itself.
3: I was at prime, and the TO was gluing that piece together
1: and complaining at us (laughs) from the other side of the room. (laughs) It's obnoxious. I was putting Crisis Protocol together this weekend because, like, I, I had some spare time. I was putting the core set together, and like each arm, like on like a standard humanoid model, is like three pieces. Like, there's like an elbow piece, and then like. The, the hand piece on some of these models is, like, two separate pieces. Like, ah, uh, it's... Yeah.
2: Is it better or worse than, like, a GW kit?
0: What oh. It say?
1: It's, like... Well, I mean, like, same-ish
0: number of pieces, but, like, GW kits are way easier to put together. I mean, I have to say, the fa- I'm not really familiar with Sprues because Legion is, like, the only game I played, so... Um... I feel like the phase twos were actually really good um, in terms of simp- in, like in terms of simplicity.
1: Yes. I, I also put together my phase twos this weekend and primed them. Um, they were much easier than Marvel Crisis Protocol for, by like large margins.
2: Well, and, close. and F of G is evolving this process too, right? They're kind of learning as they go. Um, yeah. You know, if we're comparing them to GW kits, like GW has literally been doing this for 30 years. Um, and FFG has been doing it for two. So the fact that we're even where we are um, is, uh, is is pretty impressive. We'll have to have um, Derek Fuchs, the uh, sculpting manager, on to talk about why the B1 has our two pieces. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: I think, yeah, I think I he actually I, did on the Fifth Trooper, specifically that topic. I, he did,
0: uh, I think he did too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So if you want David, to know, the, about
3: yeah.
2: yeah. David, what have you been? What have you been working on?
3: Oh, um, nothing Legion related, sadly. Uh, I've been bash painting some uh, GW models for a friend.
1: Uh, it's been. Interesting. How are you enjoying it?
3: Uh, I'm learning about blue coverage on white on like light color primer and why you should really, really, really water your stuff down so you don't get the coffee stain effect. Mm. <laughs> That's why. Other than that, it's been a, you know it's it's been fun. I think I'm pleased with the end result, but I, I don't know. Maybe all this right. You have like an idea of um, what you're gonna what you're gonna what you're gonna do, um, and you you're like mid you're in the middle of painting it, and you're like man this is ugly this is terrible what am I doing and then like it you you it finally like starts to come together and you're like oh my gosh this is such a relief this idea I had I had worked. And so it's like a little confidence boost, but like in the meantime, it's like, oh my gosh, I got this desk full of like ugly models that are all in the middle of batch painting, and you just you just feel kind of down. You're just like, man, this is not this wasn't really working out the way I pictured it. But then like it finally comes together. Like I don't know if you all have experienced this, but but if I if if you have and this resonates with you, either you know the three of you or those of you out in the audience, um, uh, there is hope. <laughs>
0: Rebellions <laughs> hey, are built <laughs> you're, on hope, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your your project may not be as ugly as you originally thought.
1: I can relate.
0: Yeah,
3: like for sure
1: time. Like you know, you you paint one of your like infantry models, and it kind of looks cruddy, or you think it does. And then you find it when you when you put them all on the table, and you like step ten feet, fifteen feet back, and you are like, oh, you know, the four colors I put on these Space Marines actually look pretty dope. You know. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think we have to remind ourselves, you know, we're not, we're not all professionals, right? We don't all have, like, you know, Instagrams full of, like, really crazy, good-looking miniatures that we show off. We don't, we're not all like that, and so we shouldn't hold ourselves to that standard. But, um, you know, that's just part of the challenge of, of hobbying, I think. There's so much, and there's just so much good stuff out there. There's so many really talented people. And it's awesome to have these inspiring examples, but, like, don't, don't like, beat yourself up if you're not at their level yet. <laughs> They've been doing it for years.
0: Yeah, I mean that's why we brought Dustin in onto the fifth trooper, right, Dustin? For real, um, yeah. You know, oh, his work, Oak, brush, you know?
3: yeah. His work with Oak and Iron has been crazy good, um, and I've been enjoying
0: watching his videos. Yeah, those those ships really did come out good. And it's funny, like you watch his like videos, and then that's the thing, right? You watch these painting videos, and you're like, I can do that. And then you try to apply it, and it's not anywhere close to what you thought you could do. And you're like, well. I watched that video and, it, and I, it's just not working out for me. But then at the end of the day, you're like, all right, you know what? Like Mike said, you take a th- like, take like 10 steps back or even 10 feet back. You know, like it looks good on the table. Like I'm, I'm overthinking it in my head.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, and, and we get kind of an unfair, an unfair view of it because we have, you know, Instagram. And so these are all like professionally prepared photographs and they're all really up close. And like, you see every little detail and flaw. But then, like you say, Zach, like at playing distance, your eyes can't really resolve it. So you're fine. You're actually fine. It might look a little strange up close, but don't worry about it.
2: Yep. That's the old three foot
0: standard, which is, you know, that's what I aspire to. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hold on. You say that, Kyle, and then you post like your models and they look really good. So like, come on, like you're being humble, but you're a very good painter and you know it. Don't lie to me. (laughs)
1: Have you seen his airspeeder?
0: Yeah, he's always like, Yeah, my airspeeder's not that good and then he posts a picture of it. And I'm like, dude, that airspeeder is like immaculate. It's like it's like a like a white, gray, like in like blue scheme that if I tried to do it, it would look terrible. But Kyle somehow is like, Yeah, it just looks okay. Yeah. He's like blended the windows and stuff like <laughs> yeah. it's like
1: uh, like he's like yeah, I'm not that good, man. Uh, meanwhile, there's like four blues in the windows. <laughs> they're all like perfectly shaded together so like you can't tell where one stops and the next one starts. Like I'm like, all right, whatever. Right, so yeah, the answer relative to what? <laughs> <laughs>
2: i only i only post the pretty ones i you there's no pictures of my rebel troopers on the facebook's for a reason <laughs>
0: <laughs> i have to admit my rebel troopers are terrible now that i've painted my clones i kind of just want to take them and throw them into a fire <laughs> so it's like i understand what you mean yeah,
3: yeah there's stuff called totally awesome you could just strip the paint off and redo it
2: <sighs> yeah but then i'd have to paint them again
0: yeah <laughs> yeah i mean with my two-year-old and another one on the way i don't think i don't think i really want to repaint rebel troopers
3: yeah for real (laughs) it's like i did my six boxes of rebel troopers i'm
0: i'm I'm done you know i think forever i mean the good thing is you can look at the older models and like see the like the ways you've upgraded in painting though too
3: oh yeah like you can you can always like it's like a archaeological record you know of, of what you've done you know and like maybe maybe like five years from now you have like the first miniature you ever did and you just pull that out and you're like, Man, I've come so far. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think that's actually really helpful. Um the other day I was like cleaning up or going through my basement and I found some second edition tyranids that I painted when I was like twelve. And uh oh man, like <laughs> it's so funny because I remember when I did it, I remember looking at it, I'm like, Hey, that's pretty good. And then I look at it now and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I could give this to my daughter to play with. I don't know. Um, so yeah, you know your your abilities and standards change over time. Um, and as long as it's uh, as long as it looks good to you, that's what's important, you know.
3: Yeah, just get those colors on there. Don't don't hold back.
2: Yeah, there's a reason it's three color minimum standard and not like seven color minimum. Uh, all right. Any more hobby hobby stuff, gentlemen?
0: No, I think that's it for me on this end. All
2: right, so let's move on to our uh, competitive section, which we do still have. Um, we're, st- we're still we're still going to talk about gameplay. We're still going to talk about tournament results. We're still going to talk about all those things on our podcast. Um, it's just a section now instead of you know an hour and a half of it. Um, yeah, so let's hit that. Let's hit that drop.
1: Get ready for advanced tactics.
2: So today's topic is all about play styles. Um, Zach, this was actually your topic idea. So do you want to you introduce this one for us?
0: Yeah. So um, basically, I had an idea pop in my head when you guys asked me to join the cast as we talk about like your Legion identity. And what I mean by that is the factions you play, um, you know, the archetypes that you're going to play. Um, I think one of the most important things when playing Legion is to play a list that you don't normally run or, like, a play style that you wouldn't normally run and play that list to understand different, like, archetypes, even though that's not how you play the game. Um, and then, obviously, like, once you figure out your play style, practicing it enough to, perf- you know, quote, unquote, and you know, I'm going to put my hands in air, quote, you can't see that on the airwaves, but perfecting your own personal st- style. Um, there is no perfect style, let's put it that way. Um, but for you, there is. And, you know, I think the four of us actually all have, like, similarities in how we play the game, but we also differentiate quite a bit in our styles. And I think it's a good conversation to kind of have, um, you know, I think a good way to start with this is, you know, dashes, um, you know, you have run Vader in the past and you still like to run Vader and where, you know, where do you stand in this topic here?
1: Um, so I, I guess to follow up on your question, are you, um, sorry, there's like things that sound like they're, I don't know if you can hear them, but they sound like they're exploding in the background. Uh,
0: yes, yeah, so, Sabine's around the corner or something. <laughs> I, I heard that.
1: So, okay, all right, <laughs> yeah. great. Uh, so uh, anyways, um, you know, are you looking for what I like to play or how I play?
0: How you play, which kind, oh. of, goes in, kind of goes hand in hand with what you play, but it's definitely more about your play style.
1: Yeah, I guess like bringing up Vader and stuff—that's something that I like to play. Um, I wouldn't classify like that sort of thing as how I play. I guess uh, I'm definitely I tend to gravitate towards um, lists where I can do like big splashy things, um, whether that's something that's aggressive or something that's like combo oriented. Um, for instance, like taking two squads of like. Fully kitted out arc troopers, um, and then using take that clankers to like extend the range out to four and just like deleting a couple of units like that's that's big splashy and fun, um. Vader is like if you can get him in in there he's also very big splashy and fun so, um, that's just kind of how I like to play generally I guess.
0: Uh, I think you got sirens going on back there now, too. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, for me, like um, back when I was like a rebel player, I played Luke and Sabine. And a lot of the things I learned from Luke and Sabine was is how I kind of plug it into how I play my clones kind of. Right. So like Luke and Sabine are kind of like the splashy play, like you're saying with Vader. But it also taught me to be defensive, too.
3: i mean i I share the aggressive tendencies i think that uh dash has mike that you have um i i really do like just throwing my big pieces out there and just making them do their stuff it is kind of risky but it's like kind of like i i I know that my odds of surviving going in are are x and i just like to play the odds a little bit because i feel like um you know if if you're you pay a lot for something and it doesn't do enough then you should have brought something else and i feel that way especially with characters like luke Um, if luke isn't doing enough then you're probably better off just bringing something else Um, and i mean uh, kyle's got this look on his face like i don't know i don't know what you're talking about because kyle's like this arch defender um but i've i've played a number of games where it's sort of like if luke uh if luke doesn't kill like two or three things it's almost like why'd you bring him (laughs) you know that's kind of how I feel about it. I think I think your resources are there to be used, and if you're not using the resources, you should do something else.
2: So you prefer the quote-unquote MSU style, um, and in a way that leans towards aggressive units. Yeah, so MSU like many small units.
3: Yeah, I've been I've been playing triple tons and in invader league for exactly that reason. I mean, I still have Sabine, but she's like in the she's like in the um. Uh, what do you call it? She's a pretty leanly, you know, leanly kitted out. She's only got two upgrades on her. No dark saber, no, um, you know, personal shield or whatever. But literally all she's there to do is be a speed three jumping uh, character that does objectives and influences the board heavily and does it for cheap and can still fit in alongside three tauntons with uplinks and, ten- and tenacity. And explosions is obviously like a big play that you can do. It's one of the most valuable plays I think you have at that 100, 150 point level of character. Um, other than that, you know, I I kind of dropped Luke because Luke was just too many eggs in one basket.
2: Yeah, I get that, and that's a criticism generally of. Um, like for force users, which tend to be expensive by their nature, um, you know, and that's why a lot of rebel players kind of shifted to tauntauns from from Luke centered list. Um, I personally like those focus pieces, and then I like to build something that resembles a conventional, like um, you know, quote unquote, gun line around them. So, um, you know, I was a a Luke Leia a Wonder Twins player back in the day. Um, where you supplement that with a bunch of rebel troopers and some snipers. Um, currently, I'm running 2 with a bunch of B ones and some BX droids um, for invader. So you know it's i've I've also played Empire with Palpatine, very similar, right? Palpatine, uh, a bunch of storms, some snipers and RG. Um, so I would say that I'm a, uh, you know I like to have <clears throat> like a centerpiece. But a defensive control-based centerpiece instead of an aggressive centerpiece. Um, Luke is sort of uniquely capable of flexing a little bit there, uh, but like Dooku and Palpatine are very defensive control-based centerpieces, where you kind of have to, um, you know, force your opponent to bring the fight to a specific area of the battlefield, and then you put, um, you know, Palpatine or Dooku or whatever in that area, because they're not going to be able to. Get to a target on the far side of the map, like of their own volition, right? They're too slow. So, um, yeah, I tend to play, uh, I guess, defensive slash control based list. We talked on a previous cast about like the beatdown versus the control, which is, I think that's a magic concept, right, Mike?
1: Yeah, it is. Um, You know, beatdown being whoever is, you know, playing more aggressive um, and control being whoever's playing more defensive generally.
2: And the way I look at that, at least as it relates to Legion, is like the control player is the one for whom the status quo is satisfactory. Like if this, if if the game were to continue on its current trajectory without getting derailed, then the control player would win. Is essentially how I view that, and then the beatdown player is the one that needs to make something happen to change that status quo. Do I have that more or less accurate?
1: Yeah, I mean, in in Magic, the um, the terms tend to be like don't change over the course of a game. Like you're either playing an aggro deck or you're playing a control deck. Like your, your role generally doesn't change over the course of the game, though it can. Like like an aggro deck can't morph into something that can then control. If, if it loses, like if it kind of runs out of s- steam on the beatdown, it just loses. It doesn't get to morph, if that makes sense.
0: So yep. on that note, real quick, kind of go off topic of what we're talking about. Do you think that the control and the beatdown is somewhat shifting with the secret mission kind of rolling around as someone that's playing secret mission, Mike?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do. Um, So generally speaking, the control player uh, in Legion is whoever is blue player um, and has like secured like sabotage the moisture evaporators or something. But now if you're playing double secret mission with R2 and Padme, um, it doesn't really matter what objective you're playing. And it doesn't matter if you're red, uh, you're still basically blue player um, and you, you're making your opponent come to you. So yeah, I do think it's changing.
2: It depends though, because there are certain deployments where your likelihood of scoring secret mission are pretty low, like Long March, for example.
1: Yeah, I mean, you definitely like just don't put Long March in your battle deck and hope that you're blue right um and you you definitely should take a a a bid
2: um but yeah it still helps to be actually blue player even if you have secret mission Is my point
1: yeah uh, undoubtedly uh but like if you're in like a mirror match or you're playing against a list that you know like tauntauns or something that like has disarray in their battle deck anyways like and probably doesn't have long March there i think you're in a pretty good spot still
2: Although it's possible in that specific instance that they also have R two.
1: Yes, but you have R two and Padme.
2: Right, so you have one one extra secret mission victory point,
1: <laughs> which which generally makes the difference. Frankly, if you yep. keep both of them alive, like it's enough. So, um, and Padme is a little bit bigger of a game changer, I think, just because she's significantly more flexible. On some deployments, it's like not unreasonable to have her score on turn one. Um, you know, clearly she has to stay alive, but um, that can change the game state pretty dramatically. Just to walk back a little bit to aggro versus control. Um,
3: so in Rebel, I find that you're still, if you're playing Trips, Triple tauntons with R2, it starts to matter what you beat down rather than do you beat down. Um in my game. What do you mean by that? Well, in my game <laughs> in my game yesterday in Invader League, um I had, you know, I, I, did, I took on the role of the aggressor. I, I got outbid, and so I ended up as red. But because I was playing another rebel player, there were some favorable things for me still in the battle deck. So I got the dream, right? I got disarray, which is the secret mission Tauntaun Dream. However, my opponent had a number of infiltrators on his team. And he also had ATRT. And so I ended up kind of splitting my focus a little too much. And so if if you if you have a low scoring objective like key positions is what we ended up playing, right? So in theory, I can take my tauntauns on that objective and just smash something and get ahead on points. And then it doesn't matter if I hold the middle as long as R2 scores secret mission. Because then I'm two to two and I have and I'm up, I'm up on points, so I win that game. But because the Tauntauns didn't smash the right targets fast enough, R two got sniped, and then it became a race for mid, which I ultimately lost because I didn't have any real good reply to A T R T in my list, um, and the R T S actually like physically blocked the key position, which is what they should do. You know, they should actually go body block so you can't get on the get on the point. And then Jin played that great card of hers, complete the mission, so no one could be panicked or suppressed. And everybody just walked to walked the middle behind the RTs. And it was, it was over for me. But my role as the aggressor didn't change. It just mattered what I hit and when a little more than it did if I was blue. And I had a little bit more control over the pace as blue. And maybe I had like an objective like bombing run. Because Tons don't really like static objectives. They don't like sabotage. They don't like key position. They kind of hate it. Um, because the game doesn't the game lasts all six turns. It's not guaranteed the Tauntauns will be alive because they're priority one to be shot. So you can try to play a hold back and wait kind of game, not really possible against infiltrators because they'll just infiltrate to where they need to go and just murder you. And of course, it was Cassian, right? So Cassian just you know, plays crack shot, turn one, kills your badly deployed sniper, and then your opponent's ahead on points. So then you have to attack at that at that juncture.
0: So, but- to base off of what you're saying here, right, do you think as an aggressor, and that's your play style, right, is to play these aggro lists and, totally. and, and efficient list? do you think that needs a little bit of a tweak with all of the infiltrate that's starting to come in the game? I mean, maybe I
3: should start using infiltrate because um, it's really good. Um, and, and honestly, like, here's the premise of being an aggressor, okay? Your, your list is designed to somehow generate a lead early. And your opponent then has to respond. And whatever that is, you know, it used to be before. So way back when, this is why um, Chewbacca had a, had a day for a little bit, is because with Chewie, you could win sniper war. Because your snipers didn't die. All those wounds got funneled to Chewie. And then your, your opponent doesn't have Guardian. So their snipers just get killed. And then you're like, marvelous. I'm not ahead, you know, however many points now my opponent has to respond to me. And so that's kind of like the origin of this whole archetype. With Tauntauns, it's like, fantastic. I bid for my best deployment and objective combo. And then my opponent is now forced to deploy poorly. And my Tauntauns just murder whatever they deployed poorly. And then I'm ahead on points. And my opponent has to react. (laughs) So it's all about generating a lead. And Infiltrators can do that. Especially Cassian can do it because of the automatic crit mechanic. That he has built in. It's just this damage will happen if you don't save it, you're behind. <laughs> it's just there's not much your opponent can do.
2: Well, and especially on a deployment like Disarray, where there's no real angle, you know, with an infiltrating unlimited range sniper where you can put your strike teams that they're gonna um, you know, like you might be able to wrap them around, you know, a corner of a line of sight blocker, but he's gonna be able to see at least one of those models pretty much wherever. Wherever you, you know you put your guys,
3: yeah. And with with infinite range, you can't cover all the all the bases, right? Right. Because Norm- normally you'd push them out of infiltrate range, but with it with infinite range sniping, you, there's no more ability to do that. They just go wherever the heck they need to. Plus, you don't know if he's gonna infiltrate until he deploys, which is the best part of Cassian, frankly. So you can just withhold that information until it's too late.
0: Yep. It makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. I played against him the other night and knew he was going to deploy last. And I'm sitting here like, where is he going to deploy? How am I supposed to deploy my snipers to make sure I don't get alpha striked off the board? And I'm sitting here like sweating bullets. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with Cassian here. Um, but I think it's a good thing for the game to have infiltrate kind of make us rethink about how we play the game a little bit. Bidding. I mean, between bidding and, and infiltrate too. Um, you know, you know, for me, this is my first war game ever. So I'm kind of like asking you guys the questions because like as much as I am competitive, I think maybe it might have been easier for the three of you to come up with your play styles based on playing other games, you know? And then for me, I kind of had to figure it out as I went along, you know?
2: Yeah, and it's it's interesting to hear your perspective too since, um, you know, Legion is sort of your unique experience that you view a lens through. Like, I actually think there are other war- War games, like I, I transitioned from 40k, um, and 40k is much more about just killing things and not so much about actually like objectives, which I think is one of the big strengths of Legion. Um, you know, Legion is also somewhat significantly about killing things because you need plastic on the table to score the objectives, right? Um, but it's not just like a straight firefight, which is what 40k kind of lends itself to. So I think I developed, you know, I. I I didn't really have an appreciation at all for the the concept of, um, you know, that like beat down versus control, or you know, the one who has to be an aggressor versus the one who's who's in a position to maintain the status quo. Like, I didn't have an appreciation for that coming from forty k. Um, and it's not that it doesn't exist in forty k, but it's it's much less pronounced because of how different of a game it is. Um, and I think Legion. Those sorts of roles play themselves out in a way that, like, they can shift in the middle of a game, which I think is, is a little bit unique. Um, so yeah, I, um, you know, it's not like having played previous war games gives you some kind of specific insight just because of how different of a game Legion is, at least to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's ironically, um, for me, considering, like, I said, I haven't come in from, a, from another game. But I took a personality test that my wife gave me the other day and it labeled me the protector, which I thought was funny because that's actually how I play Legion. And considering I play Obi-Wan with, you know, I'm very high on Obi-Wan right now with arcs coming up for clones and he's literally his mechanic is guardian. Right. Um, So I told my wife, I'm like, listen, this is pretty ironic because I play Obi-Wan who protects clones along the path of their movement. And uh, it was just funny that it kind of translated to that for me.
2: So you took one of those like Facebook, um, which house are you tests, and it gave you Hufflepuff,
0: is what I'm hearing. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. It was like a legit <laughs> test, like uh, it's Get like, out. like like one of these like six, <laughs> sixteen personalities tests or something like that. It's like I don't know, I don't know. She she sent it to me. I was like, yeah, she's pregnant. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the test for her or whatever. And then when it said the protector, I started dying laughing. To be quite honest with you, because um, it just it actually personified. I'm like. This actually relates to something other than this stupid test that I'm taking.
2: <laughs> so, have you guys have you guys done lists that are not your playstyle, just specifically for perspective?
1: All the time, and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, it doesn't suck, but like I don't know. Um, I have, you know, what, what did I play the other? when we were testing for worlds it's not the other day anymore it was like two months ago it so, feels like uh, the
0: other day days don't exist anymore <laughs> right
1: yeah i played your your luke wookie thing
0: yeah so, we literally swapped yeah we swapped list. List.
1: yeah um it was it was okay you know it
2: was okay you were raving about it after you did it
1: i mean i think i played it significantly differently than you would have my operative Luke just Chased down the enemy army by himself and killed everything. <laughs> yeah,
2: that is different right. what mm. yeah,
3: it is quite different. <laughs> Kyle would have been like, "I'm gonna hide behind this building and like saber throw."
1: Yeah, with meanwhile, my 200 point unit. <laughs> meanwhile, i 2 I'm like in ballet with tauntons <laughs> with my right. like you know? murdering them <laughs> with, with Son of Skywalker. Like, yeah, yeah, sixteen dice, <laughs> eight <laughs> dice. Yep.
3: <laughs>
2: Well, it's a little different, too, against Tauntauns.
1: True. Yeah. They kind of opt themselves out to be slaughtered. Yeah. I mean, I just, I went to them, you know, not yeah.
2: the right. way we at. Right. Yeah. yeah. I like to force people to walk into my Luke's threat range. Yeah. that's When I play Luke, that's that's what I prefer.
1: I like to put them in his threat range. Yeah. That way they don't have a choice to enter it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I, find,
2: I, I find that I get shot a lot when I do that, but... Um, yeah, actually, I played in that same swap. I played your Vader list. Um, and this is an interesting contrast, both between our play styles and also specifically between Luke and Vader. Vader does not have good reactive command cards. Like, I take for granted, you know, Luke has, what, three cards that give him dodges? Um, and yeah. for free, and just kind of allow him to like sit and then wait to see what happens and then act near the end of the turn. Um, you know, he's got one card where he doesn't attack at all right uh and then his two one pips are obviously proactive cards but essentially has like four reactive cards i would argue vader has one reactive card and five proactive cards
1: yeah i mean master of evil is the only one that's like remotely like reactive and the weird thing about it is that it sort of wants you to go first so anyways like
2: right like the dodge token is probably the best part of that card but you know, it's it's the suppression thing is kind of begging you for you to be in the middle of the opponent's army. Yeah. Same with same with fear and dead men, right? Like, fear, fear
1: and dead men does nothing if you're not like already in it, pretty much.
2: Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I played him, and I'm like, what? What, what command cards? Like, I wanted to just sit here and see what happens. What command card am I supposed to play? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's uh it's a different experience. Yeah, for sure.
2: very uncomfortable for me.
0: <laughs> i
2: can't imagine vader doesn't
3: sorry vader doesn't wait on the starter destroyer most of the time he's he's wading through the enemy army that's
1: what he's doing <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: totally and he's good at that but you know i'm not
1: <laughs> i mean he's got to get there first right like it's yeah. right True. You know. thank goodness for darkness descends indeed
0: yeah totally um, um i was gonna say for me not that I knew that I was testing something that I would not like, but when Tauntauns first came out, I saw them as a unit. I'm like, yeah, they're good. I'm going to like them. And then I put them on the table. And it turns out that a mobile army is not something I want to play. Um, like, I don't mind a mobile unit like Obi Wan or two mobile units like Luke and Sabine when I was playing Luke and Sabine. But when a unit that like physically has to move to get their points, but I guess they don't really have to move per se. But for them to to do what they need to do, they need to get into the opponent's army, even on situations where you might not want them to. And it turns out that that's not for me, too. Like, it's just not how I want to play the game. I want to I want a gun line. I mean, it's just basically how it boils down is I just want to move together as an army and just kind of bide my time rather than go at my opponent. Other playstyle thoughts? Probably, but they're not in the front of
3: my mind at this juncture. <laughs> <laughs> Fair.
2: All right. Well, um, we'll have some. We might have some Invader League games to talk about next week. We might have some more data to talk about next week. We'll see. Um, as far as competitive stuff is is concerned, and um, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, our, our you guys like the new direction that we're going. It's not like you know we're going to still be. Fairly gameplay-focused. We're just going to also talk about other things. So so if you guys don't have any other final thoughts, uh, you got any plugs, Twitch channels?
1: All right. Please uh, hang, come hang out with me or David on Twitch. Zach sometimes is chilling on my channel too. Um, you can find uh, David on twitch.tv slash yavinbase, and you can find me on Twitch dot tv slash dashes tv um i think i've got a game tomorrow night so um should be fun um you know come hang out yep. i'll be playing
3: again thursday i think that's the tentative day that i'll be playing my next invader league game
2: and i'm playing against nina on friday for my last game of the group of
1: death so should be a good one yeah and this is this is for the five zero, right uh yes. All right.
2: Yeah, I think I've actually I think I've like officially made Elims at this point. Um even if I lose against Nima. Um but I'm I'm not entirely sure. Um and Nima's super good, so it should be a really good game. Um and uh yeah, uh check out the Fifth Trooper podcast. I don't know what they're talking about this week, but it's gonna be interesting, I'm sure. And also the Sea of Thieves stream tomorrow night. And we are the Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Kyle.
1: I'm Mike. I'm David.
2: And I'm the new guy, Zach. And uh, we'll see you next week.
1: Later.
3: Band lying and (laughs) wait.
0: This has been a Fifth Trooper production.